0: All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro.
1: Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert. Here is this
0: week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. And we're back. And we're back. It's been a long time, buddy. Back. Yeah. You're a whole what, in a whole other decade of life I'm now. I'm
1: into my third decade. How
0: many people have, have referred to your age as Dirty 30 as if it was their creation?
1: Yeah, a couple. Yeah, a couple. Have a, well, it's not, not like anyone has come up and been like, hey, I've been uh, workshopping this thing <laughs> and uh, have a good a dirty 30.
0: No, but you know, it's an attitude. I know. Like, I ah,
1: know. dirty 30. Dirty 30. There must be some like, people. What's so dirty about this one? Well, nothing. Like, 20 would be way dirtier. That's kind of when you're at your most like debaucherous. And, but 20 doesn't rhyme with anything. Nah. No. There's literally nothing that rhymes with 20. Plenty. Plenty. 20. Oh, plenty in your twenty. <laughs>
0: you had plenty for that Z- twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my plentieth beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's that been on the clever bar uh, sandwich boards That's on Argyle right. Street Halifax?
1: Happy plentyth.
0: That's right. <laughs> anyway. Well, you had a good birthday. You're another another trip around the sun. Another trip successful. around the sun.
1: We're good. I was just saying that this one's like weirder. Because you're just like, you're in your 20s, you're at least like, I feel like I've been 30 since like 26. Okay. You know, just in the sense that like, okay, like we're getting closer to 30, here comes 30. You've been thinking about it for that long? I think
0: so. I think I think about it enough too, but there's also, and I think you'll relate to this, it's a big part of me that still feels 23. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a thing for a lot of adults, they just kind of pick an age and that's where they psychologically stay. Right. Some people it's like 15 right and it doesn't mean you're like an immature person it just means that's kind of what you when you're not thinking about it that's kind of the age you think of yourself as right and so i'm going to be 28 in a couple of weeks and that is in no uncertain terms an adult's age but i think that's what yeah. i said about 27 and 20 i think it's probably what i said about 24.
1: right you know mm-hmm. i think sometimes it's the repetition of what you're doing too like Like when you're in university, everything's like changing and you're, you know, learning new things. You're constantly like taking in new stuff. Even now you can be reading new books, but you kind of just feel, you know, like I'm, I'm in my, my, my way. Totally. Well, (laughs)
0: I'm in my way. Fall in particular symbolically just represents like new beginnings for a lot of people because for the first two decades of your life, Every single fall right. means a completely different lifestyle, right. like a completely different POV. And that actually keeps up well into your young adulthood. But then after a certain point, you settle into a job for a long time. You and I have both been in the same jobs for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. And fall, actually, it doesn't really feel like fall. You know what I mean? Like September kicks in and it still feels like summer. No, and
1: I kind of get more stressed out in September and October. That's, that's just a schedule thing? Yeah, yeah. It's totally just a schedule thing. But right. for like eight years... It's just been like, oh, here comes fall. Here we go. I love fall aesthetically. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sure.
0: And I also really dislike the summer. Like right now, there's a car driving past the studio, and people probably heard it. Right. And that's because the windows have to be open because it's so sickeningly hot in this Mm. house.
1: It's cool, though. It kind of sounds like we're doing like a a podcast at the old uh, shop.
0: (laughs) This is uh, live at Daytona, the show (laughs) show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, uh, there goes Cheerios. It
1: be, <laughs> it'd be even better if you just had a bed of really weird shit happening in the background the whole time. Well, I've, that I've way we could disguise it. Tried so hard and invested a
0: few dollars in making this podcast as audibly clean as possible, mm-hmm. and I have to
1: open the windows and just kind of destroy it. What well, what we need to do is get Becky to do like a really sick uh, flute jazz. solo. Yeah, like jazz <laughs> flute or like sax, like. Yeah. He need to, just kind of noodling away, like.
0: Oh, I like that. Nah, 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 nah.
1: Yeah, we should have a session
0: floatist. She can <laughs> yeah. be our. She can be our quest love. And we've got uh, live music from Becky. <laughs> She's
1: <laughs> calling out responses. <laughs> we're, we're making. We're making jokes to it. It's like, and then I said. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I like
0: that. She plays us little bumpers. Yeah. For totally. between segments. Yeah. You've always wanted Ooh, bumpers. We're
1: really putting her to work. Yeah. Yeah, bumpers, bumpers with a live flute would <laughs> be so funny. Live off the floor, flute bumpers. <laughs> and next segment, we're like waving to her and like snapping. And Man, stuff. flute bumpers
0: is a good band name. <laughs> flute bumpers. <laughs> Can't you see flute bumpers in the medium sized font on a Coachella poster? Bumping flutes. <laughs> well, you're thirty, so you're gonna have to clean up your act. You're right. No no more of this bumping flutes. No more of this bullshit bullshit well we have lots of entertainment news to talk about we sure do i don't know if you want to start with the emmys it seems like the obvious place to start yeah let's do it you had general reactions you had mentioned to me this morning that you feel like it's always emmy season Mm -hmm. and i totally agree yeah i think that's entirely true um because and i think it's got to do with it being the longest uh waiting period between nominations and the actual award ceremony um and maybe also because it's like the largest breadth of category that it's, there's could so be so many Emmys.
1: Is but are the Emmys the longest? It's definitely the Oscars are the longest by far. Although there's more categories in the Emmys. Uh, I definitely there is like a lot of
0: Emmys that are awarded off sure, the broadcast. Right. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's true of like all of these award shows. Yeah, they're all three to four hour broadcasts. Yeah. They're all too long. Do you remember last year when Colin Jost and Michael Che hosted the Emmys? And by all accounts, that should have been good. And it was dreadful. Right. I didn't even really watch it. Their hosting was dreadful. It was such a deeply boring broadcast. They brought in a bunch of like SNL alumni. Mm-hmm. We might as well start there. Kate McKinnon nominated.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I am I'm falling out of favor with Kate McKinnon again. Remember we started this podcast and I was like, she's overrated. Cecily Strong is better. And then I kind of came around. Sure. But I yeah. still felt like Cecily Strong was underrated. Yes. I'm... I'm Falling off Kate McKinnon again? I'm getting into that, too. She, did you see Yesterday? No. She's the worst part of Yesterday. What happened? She plays Oh, the, Oh, I thought
1: you meant like, did, did no. you see Yesterday? Did you see something happened like what happened? yesterday.
0: No, the film yeah. Yesterday where she No, plays, I still haven't seen Yesterday. She plays basically Paul Giamatti... Okay. she plays the evil manager oh, no and it's way. just so over she's the top. yeah she's so over the top it's it's a cartoon character it's a it's an SNL sketch in an right. otherwise I mean I realize it's a fantastical premise right the movie is otherwise
1: quite grounded yeah and she's so over the top. you need to use her in a small way like Kristen Wiig and knocked up how it's like yeah we just wanna so like just yes. just no more less pregnant. yes, and- that is a perfect example. She's got
0: an even smaller part in Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which everybody forgets. She's the yoga instructor in Forgetting Sarah
1: Marshall. Kristen Wiig? Kristen Wiig, yeah. As virtually a nobody. Dude, I watched Forgetting Sarah Marshall last week. She's the yoga instructor. Is there a yoga instructor?
0: Yeah, there's a whole scene where he goes to yoga because Russell Brand and and Sarah Marshall are at yoga yeah. and he wants to keep up with them and spy with them. And he's drunk. He's like half cut at the yoga class. Sure. And he can't do any of the moves. And Kristen Wiig... The yoga instructor is supremely attracted to, to Russell Brand, and she like wants to learn his body, oh, and he's trying to keep up wow. with all of the advanced poses, and she's like, you shouldn't do that. You'll hurt yourself.
1: Okay. I no, I feel like maybe that's the uncut version or something. I watched it on Netflix.
0: Oh, maybe. Maybe it's the uncut version.
1: I, I actually think I totally missed this, or maybe I just went to the washroom. Well, did you
0: see it. Full Dong? Because that's how you know if it's the uncut version. Oh, yeah. Version. I, I saw Full Dong. Well, then, you There is Full Dong. You must have gone to
1: the bathroom for a long time. You know what? I actually saw that movie originally in a theater in florida that served beer too wow so we were like sitting around like having a couple beers racing yeah it was great that's cool what a like and it was like a little like restaurant movie theater i love the
0: idea of having a beer at the movie theater it's kind of remarkable that that hasn't transitioned over here yet yeah it would have to be some kind of control system that would probably require a a fairly revolutionary infrastructure (laughs) a breathalyzer
1: for yeah
0: especially since so many young people go to the movies right to card at the movie theater would be a whole other level of oh, complication. Oh yeah. but um, they have these theaters, these like elite theaters in the states where not only can you get like a beer, you can get a glass of wine, and you can right. get like no, that was chicken parmesan, which yes. that sounds
1: like a lot to me. It's and it was dark it in was here. super expensive. It was like forty dollars for the chicken parm kind of thing. Yeah, but I'm not so into that. But I mean,
0: the same way you can order a beer in a cup with a cover at the Mooseheads game, you should be able to do that when you go to see a rom com. It's true kind of weird that that doesn't exist already the other thing about uh, and actually speaking of forgetting sarah marshall and kate mckinnon i tried to watch the spy who dumped me which is now on amazon oh, prime right and i remember it got bad reviews but i remember thinking if nothing else that's a sick title it's a great title for a for an action comedy sure and it's dreadful it's, it's not a good. terrible movie that's too bad and she's a big part of why i didn't like it and mila kunis is so great yes she's great but uh she's such a good straight man mila kunis like right. that's what, in fact, in forgetting Sarah Marshall, she is that's the level-headed one. Yeah, uh, and I guess she's kind of doing that again in this, but it's 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 trying so hard to be crass. It doesn't it doesn't come by the crassness naturally. Yeah, uh, and I'm just in a in a place right now where I want to give Kate McKinnon a hard time. It, so I don't think that she deserves her her nomination. I also don't think Robert De Niro deserves his Emmy nomination. No one does. Give me a
1: small break. No one thinks. That he deserved like I think you say that like that's a movement. Are people saying this? I think it's it's becoming a thing. Mm. People are like, how the hell did Robert De Niro get this? I get
0: that he looks like Robert Mueller and so
1: fine, we're getting as many huge celebrities as possible to play the people in this sideshow. But nothing about what he did was impressive. Absolutely not. If anything, give it to the like SNL cast people, or not the cast people, the people who are getting these famous people to play cast members. Well, like, do you remember... the recruiters. That's
0: right. Do you remember when Matt Damon played Brett Kavanaugh? Yeah. That was solid. Mm. Or even when Ben Stiller plays Michael Cohen, like, at least they're showing up for this and they're being comedic performers. Right. And Robert De Niro, with all due respect,
1: is... Like, visibly reading those cards. And kind of doing his best Robert De Niro. Yes. He's just showing up and being Robert De Niro.
0: Well, and since all that, we have kind of gotten a clearer idea of what Robert Mueller's voice sounds like, and it's not deep, intense Robert De Niro at all. It was actually really a huge throw-off. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's the voice? Yeah. (laughs) He testifies next week.
1: And he messed up a bunch of his lines, didn't he? Yes. Like, he, he
0: was not great. Yes, I know. I find it very frustrating. Adam Sandler also got nominated for uh...
1: saw that saw it was him, Matt Damon, uh, Sandra O, oh. Sandra O oh was nominated, and in... John Mulaney. John Mulaney got nominated. Yeah, John Mulaney got nominated for hosting SNL. That's lovely. Yeah, that's really good. I oh. thought those were deserved. I didn't really even really think Sandra O, oh, well, although nothing against what Sandra O oh did, but I felt like John Mulaney and Matt Damon both just had better episodes, and Adam Sandler. Yes. Yeah,
0: that's true. I mean, there's an appeasement with some of these nominations, yeah. and that's
1: and that's that's what I
0: wanted to discuss when we go through some let's of these. Like, some of them are like, "Hell yeah, we recognized Fleabag," and, right. and other things are like, do we really nominate Anthony Anderson for Blackish again?" Right? Did
1: we? Re-? This is just appeasement. Crazy things, though. Like, like, do you want my general takeaways before we jump into it, or should we just let's go come up on them as category. we go? Great. Uh,
0: outstanding lead in a limited series movie, Mahershala Ali, True Detective. Got bored. Benicio Del Toro, Escape at Dan and Mora. I want to go back and give that another shot. Oh, I think, yeah, there's, there was nothing stopping me from watching more of that. No, me neither. I, just I, kind I finished of, True Detective. Yeah, but not that worth it, right?
1: It was just uh, okay. A yeah.
0: solid second place in the rankings of the season. Right, we talked about it. Hugh Grant, a very English scandal. Jared Harris for Chernobyl. That's going to turn up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jarrell Jerome, When They See Us, and Sam Rockwell for Fosse Verdon. We still haven't done that on the podcast. Nope. Uh, we lead- haven't done When They See Us either. Or Pose, by the way, which suddenly... Pose got
1: like 18 things.
0: I know. Suddenly, like... And usually we're pretty on it. Usually we go through the Emmy nominations and we're like, hey, we've covered all this. Right. And somehow Pose got away from us. Pose snuck away. So that's going to have to come up soon. Sure. Lead actress in a limited series or movie... Uh, Amy Adams for sharp objects, Patricia Arquette escape at Dannemora. I already think she might have this in the bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anjanie Ellis, when they see us, Joey King, the act, Nishi Nash for when they see us and Michelle Williams for Fossey
1: Verdon. Sharp objects was awesome too, though. People that was- forgot about it though. I totally forgot that. The, I was like, oh, yeah, sharp objects. I yeah. started thinking of Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> I was like, wait, uh, no,
0: sharp objects. That was great. Lead actor in a comedy series, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Don Cheadle for Black Monday, which kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. But in that pilot, he was good. I thought he was good. Ted Danson for The Good Place, which makes me happy. Bill Hader for Barry, which makes me happy. Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method. You'll remember he won the Golden Globe, and it's bullshit. Right. Different voting body. I'm not worried about him winning the Emmy for this. I don't think so. And then this is what has a lot of people psyched. Eugene, Eugene. Levy. Yeah. For Schitt's Creek. Schitt's Creek got a lot of love. It just seems to have glowed into a new category of appreciation yeah. culturally. People are really liking it. We gave it our S's when we did a podcast on it some time ago. Yes. Quite a while ago. Then uh, Becky and I rewatched the pilot last night and yeah. I remembered
1: nothing. No. Really loved it. It's so funny. And so now we're definitely going to commit to watching more Schitt's Creek. Yeah. Every time I see my mom, she asks me if I watch Schitt's Creek. and I'm like, no, I'm still not watching it. Catherine O'Hara is so funny. Yeah. What a funny Everyone on that show is really funny.
0: Lead actress in a comedy series, Christina Applegate,
1: Dead to Me. Did you watch Dead to Me? No, I didn't watch any of it. You got to
0: watch it. It's in one of my my top shows of the year for sure. Wow. Uh, Rachel Brosnahan, The Bras, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Veep. Kind of seems like she has it in the bag. Natasha Lyonne, Russian doll, could upset, I think. Catherine O'Hara for Schitt's Creek. And Phoebe Waller-Bridge for Fleabag could upset
1: too. Don't we think that that is kind of the favorite, Phoebe Waller-Bridge? I mean, like just the year she's had... And the fact that this is going to be the last time she ever plays Look, the character I, as Fleabag—that's true of JLD also. Mm-hmm. And she's a bigger pop cultural star. But she's and she beat a, cancer yeah, this right. year. Yeah, there's a few things <laughs> contributing.
0: You're right. Uh, That's fair. And also,
1: these like the Emmys famously just give the same award perennially. Bill Hader said he thought what Phoebe Waller-Bridge did in Fleabag was one of the best things of the year, and he'd probably just give his vote. To oh, I think it, I think Phoebe it's one of the best pieces of art of the year. Fleabag yeah. season two, I think it's
0: beyond phenomenal Phenomenal. um and so i do think a good upset i also think natasha leone but i'm still putting my chips on veep okay outstanding lead actor in a drama series jason bateman for ozark that surprises me
1: i think they must have champagne and campaigned pretty hard for that one
0: sterling k brown for this is us kid harrington for game of thrones bob odenkirk for better call Saul, billy porter for pose and milo ventimiglia for this is us
1: yes uh kid harrington Oh no, definitely not. I think most of the nominations that came for Game of Thrones aren't gonna happen. They're not gonna win. I don't think. Like, I think maybe they want a ton. They got a ton of nominations though. Record breaking. I think Ario, Ario Stark, Ario Speedwagon, Speedwagon Stark. Stark.
0: <laughs> she can't fight this feeling any longer. <laughs> she's, she's she's going a, to
1: keep on loving you. She's got a great chance. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is she
0: nominated in here? She's nominated. At oh, okay. I,
1: Le- she's the only one that I thought had a
0: deserving nomination lead actress in a drama series amelia clark for game of thrones uh jodie comer for killing eve people like her Mm -hmm. Viola davis had to get away with murder which is bizarre laura linney ozark which is bizarre sandra oh killing eve which is not shocking robin wright house of cards fine but that's not going to get it and mandy moore this is us which i think is overdue she hasn't been nominated for. she's never been nominated she's like a shining light on that show uh reality competition series uh i don't care i don't care (laughs) Uh, Variety Talk. Now, Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last week's Tonight with John Oliver, Late Late Show with James Corden, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Now, this is one of those really perennial categories. Like, Jon Stewart won this for like a decade in a row. Right. And now, John Oliver has kind of usurped that regular uh, distinction. But it's probably Colbert's year, wouldn't we say? No. No? No, it's going to be Oliver again. It could be... Colbert, I just, this category, I can't think of anything other than what an injustice it is that James Corden gets nominated over Seth Meyers
1: every year. Oh, right. Seth Meyers does Seth Meyers still not nominated.
0: Never been. He does this incredibly thoughtful, um, very, very uh, sharp and tight show that uses him to his like peak talent. Mm -hmm. He also has an incredibly inclusive show that involves a staff of interesting and specific writers. And James Corden is just a one-trick
1: pony, man. Yeah, he is such a hack, right? And well, I he's, think he's an asshole too. I don't think he's much of a comedian by trade. No, he's not. But like, he's he's like a he keeps doing the same
0: sketch over and over again, where he's like a diva who can't be worked with. Right, and that would maybe be funny if you thought it was impossible that he would ever behave that way. Right, like I actually think one of the best things I saw on Late Night this year for all of his misgivings as a. Uh, an energetic performer is Jimmy Fallon doing the, the Larry Sanders tribute episode where the whole thing, he's right. like being a cantankerous yeah. Jimmy Fallon. And that works because you know, Jimmy Fallon's not like that. Yep. Uh, but James Corden's playing it a little bit too close to, to home, I think. Mm-hmm. And and I love Seth Meyers. I learned so much about the world from Seth Meyers. Really? Yes. God. He has a new segment. Uh, shoot. I don't know what it's called. The, the writer involved is named Karen. She's 24. hmm And, Basically, they determine in the writer's room that she knows nothing from before a certain year. Like before, right. the 19, before 1994, she's never heard of it. And so they'll like show cue cards of stuff and see if she can figure out what it is. And then at the end, she'll show cue cards from her generation and Seth has to guess what it is. Uh, okay. It's a bizarrely charming segment. Really? Yeah. Uh, outstanding comedy series, Veep, Marvelous Miss Maisel,
1: Barry, The Good Place, Fleabag, Russian Doll, and Schitt's Creek. That's a solid category. It is, but w- Russian Doll is getting more love than it should, isn't it? I couldn't get into it. Yeah. Which, but that's but that's not a typical take. People loved Russian Doll. Mm. Everybody who watched this said it was like groundbreaking, really masterful. Maybe we need. to... Should we have a a segment at the end of the year where it's like, got to slog through it? Yeah. What were we wrong about? W- well, what were we wrong about? But also, we need to watch it all. Yeah, we could a- do that. And then. Sit down and be like, okay. Yeah, but I don't.
0: I don't believe in slogging through something, whether it's books or TV shows or movies. If you well, are sometimes you
1: got to get through a couple episodes. This is
0: true, but like at, at at what point do you say, okay, this is not for me? Because there's lots of good stuff. I have no doubt Russian Doll is is uh, touching for people. Mm-hmm. But I I watched two episodes. You before we did a we couple did a, episodes. I watched two episodes before we did the podcast, and then I watched another two. And right. I just I, again, I didn't hate it. I wasn't okay. Well, by it. I think you.
1: I think you are in your right to say, not for you. I gave it the college try. You did. You tried four episodes.
0: Well, and this is, like I said, a really great category. Like a category where the good place is probably one of the least good shows in the category. Yeah, is a phenomenal category. That's true of Shit's Creek too. Like it's not going to win, but pretty sweet that it got nominated in yeah. there. Yeah. Barry, a Canadian is, show too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Barry is the best show on television And I think Fleabag is one of the best pieces of art I've experienced in a long I finished time. Barry by the way, did we talk about that? No, we didn't talk about that So I finished it No spoilers, but great, right? Yeah, it was
1: very, very, very good Such a good second season I thought they did such interesting things I thought the episode uh, with the You like Lily and Ronnie? No, uh, no. I think what, what we're going to be talking about Is the uh, judo episode Yeah, Lily and Ronnie Oh, called. that's what it was called? Yeah, this, Yeah, this is a big deal I didn't really like it. Everyone was really into that one, but you didn't like it. No, oh, I just thought it was so. It was insane, so funny, and so insane, and so many twists. Yes, so many twists. That's so, true. Which I, I'm a sucker for twists.
0: I just thought it could have, it could have very cleanly been lifted out of the show. There's not a like other than the way it ends. Yeah. there's not a whole lot in it that that threatens the storyline. Oh, I think
1: that's such. I think that's so the beauty of it.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's it's very clearly supposed to be, like, almost like a mini Tarantino
1: movie in the middle of Barry. But it's like, a, it's like a filler episode that they were like, hey, what if we did this? And what if we did that? And what if the little girl did this? And that's
0: how Bill Hader talks about the episode, too, is yeah. that, like, a lot of stuff just happened to fall in his lap. Like, he knew somebody who knew somebody who knew this girl. Oh, really? Who, as it turns out, could be an insane animalistic
1: right. afrobat. Okay.
0: I don't know. Maybe I'd have to watch it again, but, like. I think the story of Barry is so good that why do we give so much attention to
1: this little fluff piece they did? It's not that I think it's a bad piece of work. It's it's not a fluff piece. It's something that can continue the narrative and everything doesn't have to exactly mean something and you kind of wonder if it's going to mean something at the end it just felt so pulpy to me it didn't feel theatrically contributive to the story
0: of barry which ultimately is what compels me and i look forward to watching a new half hour of barry Mm. and instead i got
1: this thing that didn't didn't need to be there well pulpy pulpy you chose the right word and big fan of pulp over here yeah
0: you are again i didn't i don't have a problem with it i just don't Mm. think it necessarily deserves more credit than barry as a
1: whole no, I just, I think it, it drives the credit for Barry as a whole. Okay, that's fine. They were kind of branching out, doing interesting things. I don't think people are going to expect that every year. Right. But what a fun way to burn an episode.
0: Outstanding drama series, Better Call Saul. It's weird that that's still slipping in there, right? I don't, people love Better Call Saul. But people ask me all the, about it though. Like nobody, it's never like one of the
1: hot shows. No, not not really for like the sub- um like the the it's not a subreddit show it's not a subreddit show but it's not a it's not a sub 35 show either i feel like it's it's all people like 35 and up that's weird because lots of people younger than 35 love breaking bad totally totally but i don't know one person my age that watches better call Saul. but yet i hear it so often from like people in their 40s and 50s
0: well it's it's the it's the split of of whether or not you can get off on a prequel. And you've said before that you do feel like you're missing something from a prequel. Mm -hmm. I totally get that. There are prequels I can really enjoy, but some people really find it enriches a story, a greater story that they love to see something that happens before and, and kind of builds toward that. Mm Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Bodyguard, Bodyguard was so good. I, there's been so many good shows in the last year. It's easy to forget how
1: much fun I've had watching television. It's true. I I was kind of surprised that it was nominated for as many Emmys as it was. Yeah. Like, I don't know that it deserved that. It was a fun watch. It was like watching, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like. You know what it was? It was like watching a Tom Clancy novel. Yeah. It kind It kind of wasn't brilliant, but
0: it was so good. Right. It was and, like. It was like if Mission Impossible got nominated for Best Picture. Well, there was more heart in it than Mission Impossible. Like, there's always, like, the, your token story about how he, he doesn't get to be with his wife or whatever, but, like, right. he has PTSD in this, and he's, like, falling in love with the woman who gets murdered in, like, episode three, which is shocking. Right. And, like, there is some kind of uh, evocative stuff that happens in it emotionally, mm-hmm. but I agree. It's mostly just a suspense show. It's just a thriller. Yes. Um it's a Lee Child
1: thing on television, and yeah. it's British. And it's you so expect it from the BBC. This is true. You know, the whole vibe of it. Although shocking at points, you're like, this is a BBC show.
0: It has an X factor, and maybe that X factor is Richard Madden. Like, I think like, it is. Because I, I, I can't really figure out what it is that everybody went crazy for. Mm-hmm. It was also low-key kind of racist, don't forget
1: did we yeah we did agree on that in the end yeah kind of uncalled for <laughs> like the more your suspicions were correct yeah that's right you were right not to trust this brown yeah, person yeah exactly
0: yeah which was a little iffy but bodyguard is a good show otherwise Game of Thrones so funny that it got nominated and it's I don't even think that it doesn't deserve it because like culturally it means so much mm-hmm. and I enjoyed watching the final season I know I have a different take than most people with this show yeah but
1: just considering how reviled it was by, right. by the hate nerds. Especially when I don't think it was nominated for like the first season. No.
0: <laughs> like that's... But this is the problem with the Emmys is yeah. they glom on to what they, th- what they think people want to see on it, right. Which is why Anthony Anderson gets nominated right. every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killing Eve, Ozark, Pose, Succession, which yeah. is funny. I'm okay with Succession. And This Is Us. So don't forget uh, where uh, Phoebe waller bridge could also win Emmys for Killing Eve. And theoretically, yeah. she oh, will. She,
1: yeah, she, I think she definitely will. She's oh. walking away with Emmys this year. What a rock star.
0: So cool. Mm-hmm. So very cool. And uh, I think a, a really easy transition is from her into Bond 25, Okay, which has become an interesting discussion this week. It's become an interesting discussion every second week. Okay, but you know about what's going on with Bond this week. No, I don't that's phenomenal to me (laughs) okay so on monday yeah they announced that the new 007 will be played by lashana lynch who is a black actress oh british black actress all right headlines everywhere lashana lynch who you might know from captain marvel but i've never seen her in anything before okay nope uh Look, I, mean, I, I, I,
1: I, I can't all, believe I didn't hear this. I
0: just had to stop myself from saying looks the part. I don't know why I was compelled to say looks the part. You know why? Because she's very attractive. Okay. Um, but she is the new 007. All the headlines start saying she's the new 007. And naturally, people lose their minds. Right. In one way or the other. And then the headlines start to report that Lashana Lynch is the new James Bond. And that's not true. those headlines are written by somebody who did not read the articles attached
1: to the first headlines So she is agent 007
0: because here's what you have to remember Mm -hmm. As much as we've talked about who should or should not get to play James Bond in the next movie It's gonna be a while because there's a movie in production right now, right? It's called Bond 25. It doesn't have a name yet. And it stars Daniel Craig as James Bond, right? And Because he's always going rogue, that's his M.O. as James Bond, he's retired in this movie. And so MI6 has assigned his number, 007, to a new agent who is being played by Lashana Lynch. But all the initial headlines are Lashana Lynch is now 007, which is clickbaity, but it's also kind of a clever experiment in fake news and how to spread it. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's going to click and read your link. Right. They're just going to see that headline and go, well, I'm never going to a j- You're just shitting all over Ian Fleming's. This is, to- <laughs> this is reverse racism. And so it's an interesting opportunity to see how people uh, add stuff to what they think is true based on just a little nugget of information. Right. And Ross and I were talking about this last night. My brother, we were talking about how... Because of the Idris Elba stuff, and because it's taken so long, and because they decided to give Daniel Craig a little bit more spotlight, uh, there has been way too much uh, public discussion about this. There's way too much like like public um, uh, committee about who should or should not be able to play James Bond that the James Bond people have backed themselves into a corner where they could not possibly... Not piss happen. somebody off, right? They could not possibly cast a man without being called sexist they could not possibly cast a white person without being called racist and Then they piss off everybody who doesn't want those things as well Not that mm-hmm. I think that you should cater to what they want But there is something to be said for what is inherent in a character But because of that Ross and I agree that maybe it's time to retire certain problematic parts of a character who's been around for 50 years because when that character was created 50 years ago it was a different world. Right. Like if you read Ian Fleming's books, you get deeply uncomfortable because of how openly racist and misogynistic James Bond is. And that didn't make it into the movies. Right. And so we have to change with the times. Here in this Me Too era, maybe a good solution is to make a movie that involves James Bond 007 retiring and there being a new James Bond, not Jane Bond, right. but but, you know, stacy smith or whatever 007 Mm -hmm. taking over willow smith and sure and then a new movie if she's good Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure they didn't hastily cast her give her a movie yeah still a 007 movie it's still in the 007 cinematic universe yeah she doesn't have to play james bond and she gets to be because i think what was frustrating to people is that they were going to turn James Bond into something that historically that character hasn't been. Yeah. And again, I'm not sure that's a problem either, but maybe this is the best way to please everybody. Yeah. Unless you can't possibly be pleased and those people who are out there
1: too. Now, can you, and I've talked about this before, can you just make a spy movie with a attractive black woman as the main character? Yeah and not call it 007, and then not have to worry about any of that. How, like, is it really going, are people going to be like, where is 007? But Slaney, I think that's what they're doing. Yes. Because, because
0: they're in a situation where they have to retire James Bond, the character, the figure, not the, mm. not, not the character within them. No, I know. I'm just saying, like they're, they're not going to get, they're not going to have any joy out of making a movie that's just going to generate hatred and needless discussion on twitter but i'm saying
1: why not just retire james bond
0: because they can keep the part that's fun they can keep the universe in which it all existed they can still use it is fun they can still have ray fines play m if they want right they can still we can still slightly allude to it and in 10 years they can bring daniel craig back as an old -er. mfer Mm-hmm and she's got to go to him to to get some to intel to steal the or keys to get the microfilm <laughs> yeah to get the metadata maybe i'm not uh, defending it very well but i actually think it is a very clever way out of a very
1: sticky situation yeah they were I'm like they pace. were like basically long and short what if she's not james bond what if she's 007 let's exactly. move on yeah yeah
0: And also, the other thing is, like, this is still a James Bond movie starring Daniel Craig. I don't know how involved she's going
1: to be. Yeah. um, But if it works, if people like her, then we'll deal with that then. She's just walking in, breaking the fourth wall, (laughs) and then walking back out. Because of Phoebe. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Wait a couple years, though. (laughs) Boom. Yeah. Just raises her eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. quick look at the camera some of the
0: mute looks are the very best yes yes just quick that's a good transition into everything is lining up so perfectly our uh most recent jade explains a thing oh
1: Which Bond villain is Dr. Evil? Well, Mike Myers himself has said that it is Blofeld from
0: You Only Live Twice. However, in my sleuthing, I did find a story where an anonymous member of the SNL cast has said that Mike Myers is doing at least a little bit of a Lorne Michaels impression. And the moment where he hilariously asks for $1 million not to blow up the world in Austin Powers, he's paying homage to the time that Lorne Michaels hilariously offered the Beatles $3,000 to reunite on Saturday Night Live. Anyway, this has been Jade Explains a Thing. Pretty well documented that Dr. Evil is a Lauren Michaels impression. Totally. But, uh, and apparently taken from Dana Carvey too, it was Dana Carvey's impression that Michael, Mike Myers was doing and that apparently created a little bit of a stir. Okay. I did not know that the $1 million was a reference to the infamous Beatles invitation. That's great. yeah, Yeah, I never
1: thought about it. No. But it makes sense.
0: It does. That all I haven't, all seen, lines a, up I haven't too. seen a Mike Myers movie in a or a, an Austin Powers movie, I guess, in a very long time. There was some talk about there being a fourth Once Upon a Time,
1: mm-hmm. and then no. Yeah, what's he? After Love Guru, it kind of sank his ship. He <laughs> was in Bohemian Rhapsody, the biggest movie of last year. Oh, that's right. But no one's stupid. ever gonna bang their heads to Bohemian Rhapsody.
0: Ugh, that was trash. That was terrible.
1: I banged my head against the wall. Hey,
0: uh, just hey! kidding. The music biopic rains on. Have you heard about the Bruce Springsteen one that's working on? They're working on now. The Blinded no. by the Light. It's called. Should be called Go Kart Mozart. <laughs> okay. Did we talked about that already. No. <laughs> Go Kart Mozart. <laughs> yeah. You know what? This is a song written by Bruce Springsteen, but made famous by Manfred Mann. So right there, I find it to be a weird song to title your Bruce Springsteen right. movie after. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit. But Go Kart Mozart is a very goofy line that apparently Springsteen wrote. Yeah. Except, Baby Driver was also going to be called Go Kart Mozart. Was it? And that's yeah. Wow. Or Mozart in a go kart because that's the thing Kevin Spacey says in the movie, right? Yeah. And it's a really good name for Baby Driver. Yeah. But not for anything to do with Bruce Springsteen
1: because <laughs> it doesn't sound like Bruce Springsteen. But he, but he did write that line, and he wrote lots of songs about cars. Right. Yeah. What wasn't Go Kart Mozart like his nickname?
0: Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. I'm not sure. No, you just invented that, that.
1: Yeah. But everyone was like Vinny T and Little Steven and Kogar Mozart. They all had
0: nicknames like they were the Rugrats. <laughs> yeah. Not the Rugrats, but the Little Rascals is what uh, I meant. Okay. <laughs> like They're all this like scrappy little West Side Story bunch. Yeah. And then they became the E Street Band, the world famous mm-hmm. E Street Band.
1: of With Max Weinberg of the Max Weinberg Seven.
0: Did you read about what Robert Kirkman did to The Walking Dead? No. Robert Kirkman, who created The Walking Dead, is still like head writer of The Walking Dead comic book series. Just ended the series. Did everyone die? Not the TV show, the comic book. I don't know. I've never read The Walking Dead because it's not my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. There's a part of me that kind of wanted to read this issue, but just out of nowhere, he just puts out an issue of The Walking Dead, and then he tweets, by the way, that was the last ever Walking Dead. Oh. And I think that is so cool that's wicked i think it's a baller move because there's so much invested now in like the lead up to a finale you just
1: piss people off
0: so let's piss people off nice and quick just
1: end it oh by the way that's done wouldn't it wouldn't it be awesome if someone if they managed to like for a season of something be like and it's six episodes and then it was actually two episodes (laughs) oh wow oh by the way it wasn't six Would would that be badass or would people be so
0: angry People would be angry. I mean, especially if the show isn't conclusive. Oh yeah. No, it would have to be conclusive. Like it would have to end. Like, without giving away any details, if Stranger Things ended the way it ended, not with the post credit scene, mm-hmm. if it ended that way and then the Duffer brothers were like, by the way, we're not gonna do a fourth season. I think people would maybe be blindsided, oh, yeah. but it would be a conclusive ending. Right, without the post-credit scene. Right, yes. without the post-credit scene. Yeah. Even with the post-credit scene, actually, it kind of would be like, ooh, a little hint. Like when the
1: first Back to the Future ends and it's this little tease about how there could be more adventures. Sure. But then the Duffer brothers are like, we're actually done. Carry it on in your mind. Yeah. Like well, that. except
0: now they're expanding the Stranger Things EU. I've been reading the Hopper book, Darkness of the Edge of Town, back to Springsteen. It all comes back to Springsteen. It's called Darkness on the Edge of Town? All the books in the, the Stranger Things novel EU are named after songs from the 80s. So there's uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town. Actually, one of them is Suspicious Minds, which is definitely not from the 80s, it's from the 50s or 60s. Isn't
1: Darkness like 78 or something? All right, classic rock songs. They're all named sure. after classic okay. rock songs. Cool. cool, cool. The one about
0: Max is called "The Runaways." Oh, nice. So, I right. have a theme. I like it. They're going for something. I like it. Do you know they're making a Big Lebowski sequel?
1: It's called Jesus Rolls. Oh, okay. So it's gonna be about Jesus. Jesus. No, oh, maybe, goes, maybe it's Jesus nobody rules? fucks with the Jesus. Oh, no. Jesus was um, uh, what's his name? I have no attachment. John, John Tortorella. Oh, okay. In The Big Lebowski. I watched it once and didn't get it. He kind of played this like Hispanic bowler. Yeah, I remember him being in it. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's just a total like offshoot. Torturo. Torturo, thank you. I said Tortorello, who is a hockey coach. Did you hear about the scene
0: that was removed from Toy Story 2? No. So do you remember at the end of Toy Story 2, they did like a gag reel? Oh yeah. Yeah. In, in the credits they was kind of they, like, kind of funny. Invented a bunch of bloopers. It yeah. is kind of funny. Yeah. Uh so there's one blooper which you might remember where the prospector mm-hmm. is in his box with two Barbies. there's like a lot of Barbies in Toy Story 2 cuz they go to the toy store. Right. He's in his box with two Barbies and he's like, "So I'm pretty sure I can get you a meeting with and it's Kelsey Grammer, so it's also creepy." Uh, uh, I can, I'm pretty sure I can get you a meeting with some of the people at Disney and and so like it's a casting coach joke yeah so they took it out of the movie you can't get it anymore
1: interesting it's kind of interesting they, they took that
0: out it just, just doesn't sit well with people they they took it out amidst the Toy Story 4 release I think Gotcha. somebody went back
1: and saw it and they were like oh
0: this doesn't age well
1: no it doesn't but I mean sometimes you just gotta leave in stuff that doesn't age well Elizabeth Banks <laughs> has a bad habit
0: of uh, robbing banks for sure and helming projects that i don't want to see like the revamp of charlie's angels which she's doing right now mm-hmm. uh she's also going to be at the front of a new flintstones animated series like they're bringing yeah. back the flintstones now nope. she's going to be wilma and
1: the showrunner is it gonna be like an adult swim style show no i think it's the flintstones okay yeah no it's a bad We're idea good. Okay. Netflix
0: has vowed to reduce their on-screen smoking in their original content. At the end of Stranger Things, they they were kind of accused of including a little bit too much cigarette smoking between Hopper and Billy,
1: and they said they were going to turn it down. And they're
0: like, "Yeah, we're probably going to dial back the smoking from here on cuz there's too much smoking." Come on. It does seem like a weird hill to die on. But like
1: people but people complain about anything. Yeah, I know. That's that's a weird one. I mean, I would understand maybe like no, actually even that. Like <laughs> like in Euphoria, let the kids jewel. Do they jewel a lot in Euphoria? Probably. Wouldn't well, <laughs> you assume they would? If they want it to be a realistic show. Yeah. I think. Now isn't that crazy that smoking's kind of becoming an issue again? I mean, smoking was always an issue. But I mean, like, we went through like none of your do any of your best friends smoke regularly? No. Me neither. No. Totally,
0: you're right. Our generation kind of got out from that. It's not exclusively true, but like, there was it was really at least here in Dartmouth in the school system they did a pretty good job of
1: like telling us smoking's dumb. Don't be dumb. There are some people that smoke when they're drunk. Um, sure, you know, I have I have like a, a a group of friends that might like get back into it, be, but like not. All of my best friends, like we were all like, you know what, why or why would we go and buy cigarettes and then smoke those cigarettes Yeah, when we don't have to? We can just not smoke and then never get addicted. Right. But there's a whole jewel thing now where I'm like, I wonder how many of us would be smoking like or vaping right now yeah, if I we were in that era.
0: I don't know. What is it about the culture of
1: Jewel that
0: people just got right into?
1: I think it's people were led to believe that it was like oh it's fine it's like not smoke right but it's, it's like a vaporized Still nicotine yeah aren't they like really expensive i think they're expensive too i think the, like the flavors are a little like lighter right i think you still catch some sort of a well i'll tell you one
0: thing i can remember going camping in like grade 11 with a huge group of guys mm-hmm. most of whom i didn't know at all yeah but a couple of friends were there and like somebody was like handing around a box of prime times sure remember prime times yeah, yeah i was course. also hanging out with my friends when we were like we were young then too. We were like 15 or 16 and little kids like nine-year-olds came up and asked if we could buy them a box of prime times wow yeah i, was, I just remember thinking like i can't do that for you anyway and <laughs> and, and
1: don't smoke and prime also, times you're not and also let me have a word with you young man
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, i remember like he he for he was the unfortunate one he drew the short straw to come ask,
1: to and, ask. and i was like can't help you yeah Sorry, Bubs.
0: But you know what? You know what's weird? I haven't thought about that in a very long time. And just now I'm thinking about it. And there's a weird little part of me that wishes I had.
1: <laughs> just went in and bought Prime time yeah, for I, I don't a, know why, a little kid. I don't know why, like like 15 years later I want this kid's approval. <laughs> yeah, I think you're you're you, I know what you're you're coming from a good place. Yeah. You're saying you would have liked to do that kid a solid. But I think you did him more of a solid by just... No,
0: because he got his buy. prime... They're going to
1: smoke, Slaney. <laughs> if they want to smoke, they're going to
0: smoke. And that's whether a... or not Jim Hopper's smoking cigarettes is not going to influence Kids
1: are gonna drink. Kids are going to drink. Kids are going to smoke. Let's just buy them their booze and oh, their cigarettes. As long as they smoke
0: prime times in the house, I'd rather they uh, do it yeah, there than lie to me. Right. You're
1: such a cool dad.
0: <laughs> Well, I don't know where we arrived with that. House,
1: house full of prime times.
0: Netflix is going to try and be a little bit more conscientious about your kids. Well, maybe, someone has to
1: be because you're not.
0: Well, that's right. Maybe don't let your kids get so easily influenced from Netflix. Ah, yeah, exactly. Maybe don't- What is l- this? Let them watch Stranger Things 3 and get the idea that Billy is
1: somebody to be like. Honestly, what from Stranger Things are you going to watch and be like, oh, I want that I want that Ahoy costume <laughs> that, <laughs> that Harrington had? Yeah. All right, yeah. Can I get a really big walkie-talkie? Yeah, let's go hang out the at the mall all day. Like, none of this is gonna happen. I like the mall shit. I think they. Did an I thought it was. Job. I thought it was cool. Starcourt. Sure. I think yeah. they
0: did a great job. Uh, Riptorn died. He was eighty-eight. Yeah, damn shame. Cameron Boyce died. He was twenty. He's a Disney actor. Yeah,
1: he was in uh, the Grown Ups movies and stuff. I was trying to. I did some digging on what happened. I guess it was a seizure. Yeah, he had health problems yeah, for a long time. Adam Sandler Apple said MC. some really nice things. Yeah,
0: apparently he was a, a good dude. Mm-hmm. And Denise Nickerson died. She was Violet Beauregard from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. she's only sixty-two. Um, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like mm-hmm. I, you don't even think of these people as still people anymore, in a way. Like I think the guy who played Charlie was a Jeopardy contestant once, and like that was one of his fun facts. Really, in the commercial break, like after the commercial break, I was, like, oh, I was Charlie. Oh, I
1: was Charlie Bucket. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Oh, uh we watched the first episode of Jeopardy that's on Netflix. Yeah, we've been watching that. And it's so funny the way that they do it's every season premiere. Yeah, it's just season premieres. But the very first season premiere, I yeah. think, is just Well, the first with Trebek. Because Jeopardy all, existed before him. Right. First of all, there are so many things, so many questions that would not have existed. Like yes. they wouldn't they wouldn't have the same questions because there are some questions that are just unfair. Like celebrity relatives. Yeah. And then there was like one category that was like, it's Joanne's mother and brother. <laughs> you had to like name both people. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's not one for what. Like right now, it's totally regimented. In general, Jeopardy is so efficient
0: now. Yes. Like there's a lot of fat in the old Jeopardies, like where they so. walk out. Yeah. I don't
1: need them to walk out. And they're also celebrating, like, who that's right. Yeah. Yes, that they'll that talk back and forth. Anymore. They have this like real casual vibe. Yes, I'm not interested Aud- in that. audience laughter. Yep, I was just so interested to see how different it was. Trebek has has some
0: real crutches too. Like he says, "Ladies and gentlemen," constantly. Yeah, he talks really fast. Yes,
1: he's so much more comfortable like now. Oh yeah, I'm <laughs> probably like 20 years ago. But they get
0: a good contestant on Jeopardy right now. His name's Sam. Interesting. Yeah, but That's not good. like he's not. He's no Jeopardy James. Okay. No, but he's good. He, he's, he makes ballsy daily double wagers. So, I mean, he, he's doomed to fail also, but he's yeah. making a lot of money as he is. He's All fun right. to watch. Good for him. Uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> I, I think that's, I think that's about it. Gossip Girl is getting a sequel on HBO Max, which is also who, a, who acquired uh, Friends from Netflix, HBO Max. So
1: Netflix is now HBO. losing both The Office and Friends. And Netflix's viewership is down, I think. Or their overall membership which is crazy maybe they somehow lost money yeah okay
0: you remember there was it was announced a little while ago that margot robbie is going to play barbie in the barbie movie Mm -hmm. the barbie movie's kind of been one of those development hell movies like for a little while amy schumer was attached and it was like is this going to be a parody of barbie Mm -hmm. and then margot robbie and so it could still be kind of tongue-in-cheek but also she is so beautiful and like Barbie doesn't have to be a joke either. Like Barbie also, I know we like talk a lot about how like Barbie is kind of, uh, she's kind of reckless territory for like promoting a body image. Yeah. She's also like a career character Mm -hmm. and like Barbie's kind of empowered, right? Yeah. They changed her to be empowered. I don't know. I think like in the seventies there was Dr. Barbie.
1: Yeah. But I think it started in the fifties. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah.
0: All right. I, I think she's the breadwinner between her and Ken, is what I'm saying. Okay, sure. So they're, they're making this movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you... I, I could give you some guesses, but I don't know if you'd ever guess who's going to co-write and direct
1: the Barbie movie. Is it a comedian? Nope. Give me 20 guesses. Okay. 20 guesses. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a comedian. Uh, is it a male? It, one of them is. Um, oh, is it the, uh, uh, the guys who wrote um, the Lego movie? No, that's two men. That's two men, but right, one female, one male. Right, um, power couple. Oh, power couple. Brangelina. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, I have no idea, man. It is Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. Now wouldn't have, wouldn't have gotten
0: you them. never would have gotten there in twenty no. guesses. No, not not at this point in time. They're going to make a Barbie movie, which is the most commercial thing. These two. She's making Little Women right now, and he's right. making. I don't know, an, another Meyerowitz Chronicles or something. But like is, not, is
1: Barbie going to live in a brownstone and have an art critic father who she has a turbulent relationship with? They're not going to call it the Barbie movie. What they're going to call it is like Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> and It's going to be something totally different and be like, what? We were basing it on Barbie. Latter days of Barbara. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara and Kendall.
0: And it'll be quippy and she'll have gone to Sarah Lawrence and I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like Lady Bird. I like, I like the Meyerowitz stories or whatever it was called. What I mean, the, the, the squid and the whale. Yeah, that was yeah. a, that was good. Yeah, They're good artists, but this seems very... Beneath them? No, it just doesn't seem like them at all. It's so commercial. Uh, I feel like it's beneath. I think it's beneath yo del Toro. <laughs> all right.
2: Very good.
0: That's good. There's two more topics I want to cover before okay. we get to shows. We're <laughs> really rambling here. Uh, I don't want to linger on this too long. But the Little Mermaid and the Mulan trailers and the the Little Mermaid casting, Little Mermaid in particular, do you know about that? Yes. They cast a black actress. People think that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And Lizzo's playing Ursula or something? I don't think that's been confirmed. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's a lot of racism. We don't need to uncover that. People have talked about it a lot. Sure. But now they're saying Harry Styles is in talks to play Prince Eric. Okay. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. And Javier Bardem is in talks to play King Triton. All right. Heavy ever Kind of into it. Sure. And then the Mulan trailer came out. And Mulan is interesting because it seems to be the uh, live action Disney remake that is taking the most narrative liberties. Uh-huh. Like no Mushu. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because as it turns out, Chinese culture found Mushu to be offensive. Pretty offensive. Which I get. Uh-huh. So instead there's like a Phoenix character who's like her sidekick. Okay. Voiced by Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh but as Donkey, not Mushu. <laughs> okay. Good. And the songs are in it, but they're instrumentals.
2: Oh. Songs that okay. were like like
0: that are often thought to be some of the best bops in Disney movies. Right. A girl worth fighting for. Are just gonna be like melodies to score this film. Mm-hmm. But there's not gonna be musical
1: numbers. Yeah. I think they that's the one they can take the biggest swing on. Yeah. I don't think it was the biggest you know, it's not in the same category as all of those other Disney cartoons. It not... I mean, almost is. You think so? Yeah, I, I do. Okay.
0: Yeah, okay, maybe it's not in the same category as, as Aladdin and the Lion King, but it's
1: definitely Little Mermaid next or Next and, tier. and Beast.
0: Yeah, just yeah. because those are like, like older, ancient fairy tales. Yeah. But Mulan is like based on a real person, I think. Yeah, it's a little fresher. A little fresher. Great movie.
1: Mm-hmm. And a pretty woke movie.
0: Like a really cool, badass story.
1: Yeah, really, Mushu, I think, would be the or- their only misstep. The Lion- Actually, I can't say that for sure. The like, Lion
0: King reviews are not amazing. No? Because 59% of Rotten Tomatoes okay. comes out this week, like really lukewarm. They're basically saying this is a cheap facsimile of something that's already way more charming.
1: Yeah, yeah. we got that uh, in the Hollywood Minute today from Tom at the 10 out of 10.
0: Did he say that he saw the Lion King?
1: No, he said when everyone was talking about their one thing for the day, Oh yeah, he brought up that the Lion King comes out on Thursday. Most people don't know who Tom is, but that's 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 really fun to know about that Tom. He's a great human. Uh, should we
0: talk about shows? Let's get into shows. Okay, uh, do you want to go first? I have no idea whose turn it is to go first.
1: Uh, sure, I I will go first.
0: Okay, you should go first. Okay. I'm gonna put thirty seconds on the clock. What show are you gonna recap? I'll do "Bless This Mess." Okay, you going to recap the first
1: episode of "Bless This Mess." In three, two, one. So Mike and Rio both live in New York. They are just quitting their job because Mike was given uh, the inheritance to a house in Nebraska, which is on a farm. It was his aunt's. They move in. They meet the weird neighbors. They realize there's actually a shit ton of work to be done in the house. Uh, They meet some of the locals. People want to buy the house. Uh, Rio gets scared of a cow. They end up getting stranded on the roof of a house and realize that they can get through anything and don't want to sell the farm.
0: First things first, I I was wrong about the show, and I thought it was like a multicam studio audience soundstage sitcom. Yeah, and I was so relieved that it wasn't. Right, it was a good watch. And later, I learned it's a Liz Meriwether show. She created Liz Meriwether New Girl, and it has that kind of sensibility. Yeah, and so I think because I've like inclined to find Dax so frustrating now, I was like, oh, this is going to be more shit. And it is a good watch. It is a good watch. I really liked Ed Begley Jr.
1: He's great. He's so weird,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and his weird like romantic tension with. Constance, the, yes, the who's Pam Con-
1: Greer? Pam Greer, and Pam Greer is Foxy Brown. Oh, isn't that crazy? Oh, I never would have connected. Them. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look the same at
0: all. No, good ensemble. I like the whole thing with her spandex jeans. Yes, I thought that was really yep. funny.
1: And and Rudy's whole uh, uh, f- uh, fear of getting with Constance and he's like let's just say i have a friend who lives in the barn and his name is bun
0: <laughs> and he's uh when when dax is on the roof and he's just like pounding boards into the shingles and he says it's not too shabby and, and lake bell goes it is a bit shabby right like it <laughs> it, it really is shabby the house is shabby yeah but it's an interesting it's an interesting uh kind of thought like if you're given the opportunity to just quit all the stresses of life and start mm. anew with a person you love,
1: start a new set of stresses really.
0: Well, that's, and that's what they learn is that this is not just going to be like living on a farm and enjoying right. the simpler things. Like it's, it's actually very yeah. stressful. and They know nothing about it. And, and that <laughs> people in the community, like Dave Keckner and his wife, they're very quick to, to say, listen, you're
1: not, you're not farmers. Yeah. And also <laughs> there's no topsoil here. Right. <laughs> and you can't farm anything. And they
0: find a little plant at the end of the episode and, it's just a weed, but they are excited but to see pumped. something. Something is growing. Right. Good ensemble. Yeah. The show is just Green Acres. The
1: show is Green Acres. Did you Did you find out at any point? Now I missed a lot of the roof scene. Okay. But does Mike admit to having actually been fired? Yes. From, okay. Cool. Missed that part.
0: Yeah. He. Uh, I think he got laid off. Right. Or got he fired. He was laid or
1: something. off as a. As a music writer but convinced his wife who's a therapist to so that's so
0: that's the idea is that they both quit their jobs yes and he hasn't told her he's embarrassed he 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 thinks that she'll think less of him if she finds out that he's been laid off and so yeah she quits her job as, yeah. a, as like an important city shrink yeah which i think she ultimately finds sweet that he thought that she would be think less of him or whatever yeah but that was a terrible manipulation that is an awful move <laughs> yeah yeah, it's really wrong it's a huge lie yeah that you uprooted your entire life for that was kind of psychotic
1: i thought it was clever for her to actually to be a therapist who's actually out of her mind yes true like to be very like freak out about the smallest thing
0: well and her mother is also a therapist who's even more crazy right and less reasonable
1: like uh Put me on the phone with the cow.
0: Right. Oh, I track your phone. What am I not going to track your phone? Right. Yeah. Um. I like the way... I like that the, the reoccurring joke of how Dax's character pronounces roof. Because that's clearly yes. just an ad lib. Like, clearly, Dax was just saying roof. Yeah. And they were like, are we not going to address this? That's a weird way to say roof. Well, I
1: noticed it in the the first time he says roof. And I don't know if she said roof that time. Right. But going forward, yeah, it was rough, roof, rough, roof. It's And then she, like...
0: She kind of gets frustrated, like, it's pronounced Roof. Roof, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good show. Give it my S. Let's give it our S. I think it's really fun. Mm-hmm. It's really surprisingly good. And
1: I think it's going to get better after the first episode, because there's way less to establish, and they can just have fun with it, and it's Liz Merriweather, who's only 37. Wow. Good Isn't for her. Isn't that crazy? Her. She's already done No Strings Attached, which was in 2011.
0: And she did that show with uh, with Terrence Killam, where he's a where he's a oh, dad. single parents. single parents. Yeah. And New Girl, which is a huge hit. Yeah, huge hit. She's a powerful showrunner. Definitely. Does that make you feel small as a thirty-year-old? Ugh,
1: I got seven years, maybe. Maybe I I got a year to do something. You got to make New Girl now. Oh God,
0: (laughs) she would have been in her twenties when she made New Girl. Yikes! I could
1: at at best do a a New Girl tribute. New guy. New guy. Yes, that, that'll age uh, Schmidt, very well in Schmidt this time. Schmidt gets a
0: new, uh, a new roommate and it's just you. <laughs> but
1: we're going to do new girl with an
0: all-male
1: cast.
0: <laughs> yeah, a guy moves in with a bunch of gals. A guy that's,
1: moves in with a bunch of gals. Actually, you know what? No, because it's just going that's to got be... legs. It's, it's not going to be Three's Company. Don't say that. That's what I was going to say. You were going to say that. Yeah. But there's so much it in the era of Woke... I think there's a way that you can make this all work. Okay. Do we want to start writing the show? All right. New guy.
0: (laughs) Fade in interior apartment. (laughs) Miles Teller. (laughs) Uh, A slovenly selfish guy, but with a heart of gold, needs a new place to live.
1: Needs a new place to live is a substitute teacher. Meets three strong female professors Right, is emasculated and stumbling over his words while being corrected by three professors who make him sleep in a closet <laughs> treat him poorly.
0: Fade out the end. <laughs> Great pilot. <laughs> That's it.
1: Did we just win an Emmy? We got it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Look out Bill Hader you idiot. <laughs> you idiot. All right. I give it my ass. Let's do the other one. Cool. I'm hot. We got to get out of here. I know it's getting warm. I'm steaming hot. I'm going to recap the first episode of the loudest voice starring Russell Crowe. I kind of lost all my mustard too. like, I feel like I had a few good, um, grandstand moments early in this podcast and now I'm kind of tired. and. Uh...
1: Oh no, I, you got, you got, uh, three more home runs in you. All right. Okay. All right, here all right, we, we go. go. In three, two, one.
0: So, uh, Roger Ailes has worked in television news, uh, for a very long time. Uh, he has a non-compete clause after he leaves his job uh, And so rather than working for a competing network, which he's not allowed to do He just starts a new network called Fox News with the funding of one Rupert Murdoch uh, He's not going to get hung up on things like facts or people having integrity He just wants his journalists to have personality and good looks, which is why he hires uh, Sean Hannity and There's there's all kinds of other uh, ethical Uh, boundaries where people don't like that he's a loose cannon but
1: he's a creep he's a a general jerk to people and women he women uh, big time he basically his girlfriend who works for CNBC uh, ends up getting fired and he like basically yells at her for having not joined him when he moved to Fox although he offered her a job and then she takes a job from him and he says I don't think this is gonna work you're gonna have to choose between me or the job after being a dick to her right at the actual office
0: so there's later on there's a thing where they're watching like test uh, shoots of, of like different interviews or whatever and what is it that he gets in a fight with the the other like female producer over and she ends up quitting oh um, is it over Sean
1: Hannity not being good it's over Sean Hannity not being good and so he doesn't and, care and like the, yes what, what Sean Hannity's saying is not actually an argument she's like Ronald Reagan's name not an argument that's right. Yes, and so he like he
0: is really inappropriate, and then he gets a stern talking to, and yeah. he's like, "Don't tell me what to do, or you're never gonna work with me." And then right. that lady just quits. And so this kind of illustrates how he didn't let anybody uh, tell him anything, right? And he just kind of lucked out and got his way, boss or otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of it was kind of like Vice. You saw Vice. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of that. It's just this big totally. awful horrible guy who is calculating and sinister. Mm-hmm. But yet there's also these like weird little tender moments and tend. I use that word really loosely. There's even fewer in this show than there were in vice. Right. But they do have to create some kind of sympathy for their lead character. What I was
1: saying is, you know, these, these new biopics that are basically like framed in a way that are clearly to take down, you know, totally. a la Chaney or Roger Ailes. I'm saying, do you think this is going to become a regular thing? Do you think this will happen with someone who we perceive as good eventually, or do you think that that already happens? I don't know. I
0: think it's really easy to make uh, like liberal content about how conservatives are evil, right? Especially now. Yeah. Um, so you're not really going out on a limb by saying Dick Cheney was evil but I guess to illustrate why is interesting right. and this is not so much a story about who Roger Ailes was. Cause honestly, who cares? It's a story about Fox, Fox news, news, which is the, which is like the most toxic distributor of false information in the world. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it's a, it's, it's a propaganda vessel for a deeply racist and horrific administration. So that's why people want to learn, about the origins of this thing that they're pretty sure they hate anyway. Yeah. And there's also all these familiar names. Like even if you're not familiar with who Roger Ailes is, you're definitely familiar with Sean Hannity and Megan Kelly and probably Rupert Murdoch. And, and we were talking earlier about how it's only a matter of time before Bill O'Reilly's in this show. Yeah. Uh, and so I guess we're going to, uh, there's also another movie coming out where John Lithgow is playing Roger Ailes and Charlie Theron is playing Megan Kelly and right. it's a movie about their friendship and they had this like, weird kind of relationship where he was constantly sexually harassing women and she left fox news because of being sexual harass- sexually harassed and yet they were friends yeah
1: in a weird and way and there was a settlement right yeah that's right uh oh i just had a great question in my head which i can't kind of forget seth
0: mcfarlane was in the show seth mcfarlane was in the show and that's another weird one because his entire career has been
1: at fox that's true, and he
0: and he's never shied away from criticizing like the news division of Fox, which, granted, is separate, right, or conservatives for that matter. Really, has he? Oh, of course, he's always been like a, a, his content has always been liberal, right? But it's interesting that he'd be on a show not run by Fox, right? That
1: yeah. in fact says Fox is horrific, right? Run by Showtime, right? That is interesting. But how many seasons like is Family Guy on for at this point? I mean, like, 20? how many more? How many more have they confirmed? I think that do you think I think he's wrapping it up. No, you think he's just. gonna... I think
0: keep, he works very little on it. that show. For one, right. Um But no, I think it's kind of achieved that status where they consistently get respectable numbers for Sunday night. All right. Yeah, I hear you, but I don't know. Yeah, but also I think he's probably at a place where, like, if they wanted to fire him, he wouldn't. He wouldn't lose sleep over it, but they're not going to because they make money off of
1: him. Jen gets really mad when I bring up actors in a in a show or like if i say hey that's russell crowe right but she was on wikipedia and went oh my god that's russell crow isn't that was, wild i was like i was gonna say this to you but i thought you were gonna get very angry anyways we laughed about it but at the end of the episode we saw that sienna miller and naomi watts were both in the yeah. show too and we were yeah. like whoa who were they? Yeah, I'm not sure Naomi Watts turned up in the pilot though. She, I don't. I don't think she did. Yeah, but Sienna Miller certainly did. Yes. And what a makeup job! Absolutely. That's I, I thought that. I thought that Russell Crowe was phenomenal. I yeah. think
0: he's really good. And again, like brings somehow brings some kind of sympathy to it. Like you know the opening scene in the diner when he's like eating pancakes and the server says uh, Happy Holidays and he's like Merry Christmas. I thought that was cheap writing.
1: Oh, I didn't even really
0: notice that. Oh yeah, I thought it was really cheap writing, but like. I don't know. He's eating his pancakes. Sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, so I, I don't know. Maybe it's not cheap writing. It just right. seems easy. Yeah. Another part that I thought was, um, kind of cheap writing. Uh, he says at Fox, our aim is to be objective and it's just so on the nose. Right. To say like at Fox, we're only going to tell the truth. Right. Like that's, to be fair and balanced. Yeah. Why? Like there, there's no way anyone ever said that in real life. Right. And you only wrote it because of how preposterous it sounds. Like I remember a scene in the people versus OJ where David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian is like at a breakfast diner eating Mm. pancakes with his little daughters. Yes. And they get all excited because daddy knows OJ Simpson. Yeah. And he's, he gives them like a stern talking to about how fame for fame's sake is not important. Oh, right. And we are Kardashians and we do not seek fame. Right. And it's like, come on. Yeah. That that was never said. You were so excited to write that. Yeah. And it felt a little bit like that to me. I think the guy that got to play Sean Hannity was sickeningly good. Yeah. He
1: was really good. Yeah. He was the principal from Everything Sucks. I was going to say, are you going to say Everything Sucks? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, So likable in that show. Did not uh right who like ends up hooking up with one of the moms or like works really hard to that's right oh man and then the show got canceled and Then the show got canceled yeah um do you give it your ass yeah i do yeah i it's... do give it my ass i'm not i'm
0: not gonna watch more because it's upsetting but i think mm-hmm. it's well made yeah yeah it's oh, a good when he show tells, when he tells the person in the job interview to give him a twirl
1: oh yeah oh, fuck. yeah it's and so the whole creepy. the whole bar scene where it's like Come work for me. Come on. Like, I love you in a pearl necklace. Oh, and then, yeah. Like, and her up at the hotel and you assume that something happened there.
0: Right. Yeah. Or how about when he calls everybody in at four o'clock in the morning just to flex?
1: Yeah. To yell at people, fire dude. And get rid of the other Australian guy. Which is funny considering it's just a funny thing about all the Australians in the room. Did you think Russell Crowe afterwards like, hey. Yeah. nada. That's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Naomi Watts is Australian, isn't she? Oh, uh, she might be. I think
0: she is. I don't know. Well, whatever. <laughs> oh whatever. Let's give it a rest. I give it my yes, I do. Yeah. Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith are starting a multimedia company called Westbrook Inc. Oh
1: Westbrook Inc. non Bays on the <laughs> on the Brook in the West as well, but anyways. What does Westbrook mean? Does that refer to anything I don't know? It could refer to Russell Westbrook who's, a who's har- an athlete? A hardcore basketball player. Just got it's traded. A
0: weird thing to name your multimedia company after some random basketball
1: player. I think so. I mean, he's got like an edge to him. Okay. That's any consolation. But it seems like that's something you would do like with a former basketball player, not a current.
0: It just seems to me player.
1: like about a year ago,
0: Jaden or something, who by the way has been around a little bit, and actually seems like he's kind of grown
1: into a sweet dude. He seems like he's kind of dropped some albums and is like a bit of a philosophical I saw him on cat.
0: A, I saw him on a talk show. I forget what show it was, but he was like very polite. And like, because I think for a time it was like this shithead. Right. And he was just 18. So of course he was a shithead. And now he's like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't trust it. But so I think, I think like a year ago he was like, Hey dad, you know, your phone is also a camera, right? Oh yeah. Hey dad, you know that you can like record stuff and just like put it on youtube here i'll show you how and i think that changed will smith's life yeah like i think now he's like he has a facebook show like i think it like he's been in some of the biggest movies of a generation he's one of the biggest movie stars of all time and now he's learned in the last year you can just make your own shit what's he doing on on his facebook show that's where he does the bucket list stuff oh right yeah And so now he and Jada started a multimedia company, like since he learned that you can upload high def video from your phone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Will Smith doesn't need to do this. Never thought about that. All of a sudden now he just like everything with Will Smith other than Aladdin is done on an iPhone. (laughs) Now he's just doing it to impress his kids. He just cut out the middleman because he just like likes to make content. Yeah. But think of all the
1: people who aren't getting paid. That's right. He employed, whoa. He a staff. He doesn't need a staff blown. Anymore. Yeah. Hell? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Don't need you anymore. <laughs> Take off. And where hey, is where is Willow in all this? Gaffer number three. <laughs>
0: Get lost. <laughs> key grip. You're not that key in this operation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Never trust any of the bunch of them, except maybe Jaden.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Will or Willow. Only or Jayden.
0: trust Jaden. <laughs> trust Jaden.
1: Jingle McG